Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
The ceiling of Caleb's library room crashed down, crushing his storehouse of knowledge back to the pulp from which it sprang. The light streaked crazily across the tumbling wood and plaster sky as his world came apart. The Oversapien extended and focused his minus field, power to weaken any force, be it firm or flowing, scattered or solidified. The door he crashed through came apart like sawdust beneath even the whisper of his weight. Something smashed down behind him, further disseminating his place of studying and retreat. This was not the ungainly calamity of debris, but the purposeful force of a powerful pursuer. The next door flew apart as he sprinted through it, having recovered a fraction of his wits and balance. He was almost to his bedroom, where his wife would be terrified and likely cowering from the commotion. She knew nothing of what he was, what he could do. It was his intention never to admit so much as a particle of his past into the light of his new life. But now some semblance of his past, he deduced, was coming for him, new life and all. The bedroom door fell away like all the previous, but it opened upon a scene fit for an alien abattoir rather than a marital bedroom. Red, tensing flesh undulated from all corners of the room, and at the center of the web of madness stretched the form of his wife, Melinda, all but her face wrapped in pulsing wet red strands of flesh and exposed muscle tissue, some of it festooned with gaping mouths and glistening stingers. Her eyes were white and dead, a pleading expression frozen to her face and a yellow froth leaking from the corners of her mouth. He thought a shred of life might still linger his wife's body, and he noticed her trembling within the flesh cocoon. But he soon realized it was but the actions of an external metabolic process. The cocoon was digesting her as he watched. Grief overtook his flight response, pulling him to his knees, his hands tearing at his hair, a scream clawing its way up his throat. A shape detached from the confusion of raw, writhing webbing and lowered itself before the prostrate man, its head an animated insectoid hell. I was given license to liquefy your mate, but not you. You, I must satisfy myself with but a small and unfulfilling taste. Several sets of monstrous mandibles parted for a smaller, subtler iteration of its larger siblings, dripping noxious fluids as it advanced upon a stalk of slickened sinew. Caleb's fight response exploded into life, releasing a cone of weakness that dissolved his entire mansion, its molecular stability kneecapped. His targets were many, the monstrous insectoid, the unseen thing advancing from behind, but most importantly, his wife, to retire her more thoroughly from the world, denying her body any further defilement. Caleb tumbled through the now liquescent mansion, his power weakening gravity as he descended four stories to the ground. The Oversapien backpedaled down the loose gravel drive, pinning his eyes to the sloughing ruin of his former residence, hoping his tormentors eradicated. He maintained a skin-tight field of weakening around his body to potentially diminish any incoming assaults, his defenses primed for anything. Preparing to turn and run, 
Caleb heard and felt something massive moving through the woods at the back of his former residence. Towering spruces snapped and tumbled, their tips slamming down across the pruned shrubbery lining the courtyard as it drew closer. The thing, now a vast and incoherent blizzard of stirring shadows, rose to a height greater than the tallest tree, emitting a sound like rending metal. All but revealed, the thing paused as another shape took to the air, erupting from the dissolved solids of the former mansion. A gigantic cloaked and hooded humanoid with blazing silver light for eyes, its flowing wrap appearing fashioned from a single and massive batswing. Caleb nearly fell at the evolving sights, his fears solidifying from the vague dread all his kind knew, that one day they would answer the call of the machine. In the fullness of time, all debts are repaid, Caleb and Tressie. Yours has at last come due. The floating giant intoned grimly. Caleb remembered his wife's face and let surge a peal of hateful, withering energy. The blast split the air to its atomic bones, the uncoupling natural forces releasing storms of ribboning energy and radiation. Doy, you worthless fucking dog of the machine! The Oversapien howled into the maelstrom of ruptured reality. Caleb's Hail Mary ripped the giant from the air, eclipsing him in raging energies. Then something stung the incensed man from behind, a scorpion-looking creature, its barbed stinger already sunken deep into the flesh of his calf. Caleb immediately plied his power to the poison, dampening its strength. But the venom was potent enough, despite its lessening, to impart its own weakening effects. Caleb fell to the ground, his body limp. The giant returned to the air above the powerless man, its gargantuan companion a smoking mountain looming from behind, both of them seemingly worsened by the wear. That much made Caleb smile. At least I've given you something to remember me by, you fucking assholes. The hovering figure only smiled while its wounds healed over in moments, its eyes blazing the Oversapien's impotence. The man's smile vanished. Not likely, was all it chuckled. Caleb felt the air crackle, the earth beneath him tremble, the trees and fire seeming to stand at attention. The worm had just turned. Caleb's smile resumed. And so there you are, O oh mighty retainers of the great and dire Melengen, or perhaps you are only its lowly henchmen, the fallen king said, his voice reaching out from the darkness behind his fallen kinsmen. And now you seek the life of yet another of my people, a friend, a brother. You will learn this very night that even the machine's will can be thwarted. The king melted from the dark, strolling casually across the yard, a broken crown wheeling above his regal pate, robes outlining the wind. The giant tilted its head, apparently considering the king of the Oversapien's words, then smiled. Again, not likely. The creature's eyes exploded with silver light, and a sweeping wave of invisible power surged through the air 
its path charted in fissuring earth, an avalanche bearing down. Holding out his hand, the king quelled the unseen death before it reached as far as his stricken subject. The deflected might sent crashing through the adjacent countryside, sundering earth and shattering trees as it tumbled. The forgotten king smirked. Indeed. The living mountain of scarred flesh reached massive pincers over the head of the floating giant, aiming a collection of chitinous limbs at the amused sovereign. Lifting his gaze to the descending things, the king made a determined sweeping gesture with his left arm, as if dismissing the attack altogether. The result was thunderous, like fireworks on a string. The extrusions exploded all the way back from their hooked tips to the towering abomination they came from, smoking biologic armor tumbling everywhere. The giant growled from beneath the smoking rain, apparently at the end of its tether with the crowned creature. Its body suddenly coated in gleaming silver armor, a material seemingly cohered from the very glow of its eyes. The light dripping thing soared across the estate turned battlefield roaring its displeasure at the leader of the Oversapiens. The Forgotten King did not stir, but instead drew his gaze to meet the charging monster, and in a voice filled with primordial authority, commanded the creature, Bow to me. Cracking open beneath the weighted words, the earth offered its deepest respect for the monarch. The trees snapped in two as they doubled over, their topmost branches scraping the earth as they bowed. And even the sky fell to a knee, fashioned from thunder and storm, as it bellowed its loyalty. The giant was crushed to the ground as if by a massive invisible fist its head kept from the earth by sheer strength of hubris. Prone upon the dirt, the creature's face was clearly visible beneath its hood, a thing caught in the throes of splendor and ferocity. The head of the monster was large and contoured, and unlike more prosaic examples, it followed the slope of the back and shoulders, where its connection to a much-pronounced spinal cord occurred within a hillock of corded muscle. Its mouth was creaturely, with pointed teeth, yet its high cheekbones, chiseled jawline, and tall forehead exuded a philosophic spirit. The eyes were but storms of untamed silver light. You are an unusually willful thing for a pet of the machine, servitor creature. The straining giant did not respond to the taunt, its eyes a world of rebellious, ribboning light. Those such as yourself have no role to play in this game, but to serve and die. So, in keeping with your simple obligations, I will accommodate your latter function. Though I doubt the machine will much lament your sacrifice, dog that you are. The prostrate creature's front teeth cracked where they clenched in defiance. The flexed muscles of its back pressed taunt and bulging against its skin and then the sound of a bomb detonating. A small pocket of defiance exploded within the region of the king's reign. The ground twisting open, the air whipped into frenzy, silver energies crackling. The giant rose to its feet, broken blood vessels spiderwebbing pale flesh, blood leaking from its eyes, nose, and mouth. The thing was visibly exhausted, but its rage kept it from falling. 
The space it had afforded itself was revealed by the limits of its fluxing silver energies, a glowing sphere of hoary light, shrinking by the moment. When you die, it will be by my hands, and to the sounds of your screams, and the screams of your kind. The monster finally managed, still wincing beneath the rule of the fallen king. It looks like the dog had some bark left in it yet, even if its bite has long departed. Along with your freakish companion, I might add. I suggest you do similarly while you are able. The Oversapien furrowed his brow, and the glowing sphere buckled and shrank, forcing his opponent to stoop. I'll give you a choice then, the king calmly offered. Turn and run, like the craven weakling you are, or stay and die. Slowly, choose quickly, for I am losing my patience with you. The monster's eyes raged with leagues of indignation its protective field growing dim. The creature hissed through broken teeth and streaked into the night sky. Why? Why did you do that? Why would you spare it, that goddamn piece of filth? Caleb squeezed from frozen lips. The fallen king knelt beside his friend, placing a hand upon his shoulder. Knowing that such a creature will relive its defeat, my taunts forever ringing in its ears, is so much balm upon my much-worried soul, Caleb. I granted mercy to the merciless. There can be no greater insult. It will go to its grave with my words worrying at its throat. Caleb's smile returned, picking through the debris of a broken life. The past of the merger building was locked behind a trembling membrane of purest darkness, both externally and internally, as Hazel's mind only registered a kind of macabre static whenever she tried to peer into it. Likewise, any temporal grip she fixed upon the objects reposed around her invited a strange sensation of movement, as if they were trying to wiggle free. But more peculiar still was the structure's immediate past, which lied beyond the scope of that darksome year. It appeared more like a distorted reflection of time, space, and matter, where the echoes of events were all that materialized to her efforts. As these facts became more apparent, Hazel's grip upon her flashlight grew more determined. In addition, she wasn't sure if the presence of Eric's alternative incarnation was all that reassuring. While she had grown accustomed to the various oddities of her new existence, the dead knot's proximity and enduring presence was a reminder of how much stranger things might get. The creature was horrible enough when he thundered about as an undead giant, but in this new form he'd assumed, a sort of vaporous specter to fit within the spaces of the building, the thing was literally bone-chilling. Her light shone about the wrecked spaces, Spaces filled with curious imagery, bizarre paintings and sculptures and drawings. The merger building was home to several art studios and galleries, all of them belonging to the artist's guild called the Grey Moon. 
When the regressor dug into the history of the building, she was intrigued to learn that the guild had once been commissioned by the famous psychic Wetemkin to illustrate his various clairvoyant fever dreams. Wetemkin was one of the major proponents of the Nevers Conspiracy, a horrific event supposedly conducted by a shadowy global elite to ascertain the future. According to the story, all the greatest known psychics were kidnapped and brought to the remote French island of Nevers, where they were plied with experimental hallucinogens and truth agents in hopes of forcing a collective vision of the future. A work was said to have been compiled from all the forest prognosticating, the Book of Nevers. The recollection caused Hazel to shiver when her light revealed a large oil painting hung above the faux marble archway confronting them. It depicted the earth wheeling in lightless space, surrounded by a faintly perceivable horde of monsters. The placard below read, A Great and Terrible Darkness. Yet the piece was dated 1997. As the passengers moved beneath the archway, the room revealed itself for a dreary gallery. The paintings were arranged or deranged, it seemed, to present its least harrowing images first, followed by a calculation of its darker, more fearsome offerings. They were largely surreal conjurations from presumably broken minds, some of the intimations falling off into sheer abstraction, where only the fretted brain might spy some semblance of symbol or sense. Keith wiped a streak of wet paint down one of the vellum canvases, revealing the piece's fresh construction. There has a certain whimsy to the horrors of the darkness, a creative evil, or a generative wickedness, either one, that makes its dread so exquisite. We might as well be dreaming through this world, our heartier experiences just charting sleep where it veers closest to waking. Keith's philosophizing went unanswered for several minutes, until the dead knot took up his colleague's open musings. And yet, for all the darkness's implications, the world is no less firm for its work. The cruelty that lurks the bottom of every shiny riddle, the pointlessness at the heart of wonder. Where there is death, even dreams must surrender their ghosts. The conductor cast a bemused look at the disseminated hulk. Strange. I would not have thought you such a cynic, Cromwell. So, you take death as the conquest of hope, yes? As the conquest of meaning. And yet, you are dead and walking. A symbol for the overcoming of endings. Untrue. I am not dead. I am death, a conscious embodiment sent only to hasten the ending of all things, and to perhaps enjoy the effort. Keith looked saddened by the exchange. For the first time, his smile dimmed. I'm not sure what that adds up to for us, dead guy, but it sounds like you're on your own team, Mars interjected, apparently concerned for the Goliath's loyalties. You needn't fret, Warbringer, for if you had not noticed, 
The passenger's work does not veer significantly from the business of death. <laughs> no, we are all rightly joined. Hazel felt sickened by the conversation, her heart plunging into her stomach. She assumed her revulsion was mutual, as no one in the group challenged the dead knot's assertion. Even Keith had fallen silent. But she had to ask. If you're some awakened fragment of death, bent on killing, what does that make Eric? Why, it makes him very sad, Hazel. Very sad indeed. She could feel tears moistening her eyes. From the darkness beyond the gallery, a bell sounded. Mars leading the way, the passengers emptied into the wrecked hallway, where the thinly lit interior of an elevator lay open, crackling notes of a bygone big band parting the silence. A voice giggled from the loudspeaker. <laughs> Going down? Lynn took a deep breath and put her head into her hands and muttered, <laughs> Aren't we always... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 